Hello, and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... <laughs> I'm just, just, we're laughing already because we're already yeah, thinking about already the dice man. The voice, I can't help it. And I'm Colin Cunningham. Oh! Oh! oh talking about suck the adventures dick. of Ford Fairlane. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so this is from 1990, directed by by Rennie Harlan, who did Cliffhanger, and uh, what was that movie, Mind, Deep, Mind Hunter? Deep or? Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, <laughs> but what was the one where, what was the Die one? Die Hard 2. Mindhunters, the one where they're on an island and Christian Slater leads like a team that has to figure out who the serial killer is, yes. and there's like traps and, like, and stuff. Oh, like Slater we gets saw fr- that movie. Yeah, he gets oh, frozen by movie. liquid nitrogen and then shatters. Wow! So Renny Harlan yes. <laughs> has done quite a few movies that are worthy of this podcast, yeah. um, and not in a bad way. Um, you know? uh, Driven, the Sylvester Stallone. If we ever do Driven, um, I've got some. Uh, neither I've never seen Driven. Neither Everybody said it's so boring. I have some behind the scenes stories because I, I kind of worked, I did some pre-production work <gasps> on that movie and Rennie, I met Rennie Harlan. He came well, into the office. Well, maybe if it's not a full app, it could be a little Patreon or something like that. Sure. We'll yeah. have to watch it first to see if it's... And decide, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really worthy terrible. of discussion. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, Rennie Harlan's a guy that like, he sunk a whole studio with Cutthroat Island. That's right. Oh, yeah, God, Kuroko. that was him. Yikes. Yeah. Yep. What you're not a big fan of Matthew Modine, <laughs> a, a blockbuster star? Yeah, well, he was no, married, really. famously married to Gina Davis at the time. He did mm. um, what was the one he did with her? The Last Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, Last Kiss Goodnight. Good fun movie. Shane Black script. Uh, also shot in Toronto. Oh yeah, definitely. Honest Ed's very prominently featured. <laughs> That's right. Oh. I think he burned down some heritage building while they were shooting it. It was like oh, some God. explosion gone wrong, and it ended up like torching the building or something. The city was very bad at him. Oh yeah. And no while shit. Rennie Harlan <laughs> is now trapped in a mixture of DTV land, yeah, also directing been... <laughs> blockbusters in mainland China. He's been oh, banished. He's, He's been banished, banished to China. Yeah, like uh, I think wasn't Chuck Russell doing the same thing? Oh, he made an Indian film. Chuck Russell did. Oh, okay. Uh, I he he was made an. To oh, yeah. The uh, Chuck Russell foreign film, not good. I gotta say though, the Rennie Harlan, he made like a thriller in a mortuary called Bodies at Rest. Pretty fun. <laughs> Saw it theatrically at Young and Dundas in Toronto. What was the one he did with Johnny Knoxville and Jackie Chan? Oh, awful. <laughs> Skip Tracer. <laughs> Terrible. That was so only a bad. few years ago. I think that came out. I remember we went to the Royal, yeah, and I think it was it was a pre-show, and then playing you playing the trailer, or was it just a clip from the no, movie? No, you were playing the clip, or Peter was playing a clip from the movie, and it was like some Jackie Chan action scene and it looked like the warm-up for the action scene like they they weren't rolling <laughs> yeah, like camera. the rehearsal it was so <laughs> slow and i was so embarrassed and you told me <laughs> i mean i think yeah it just cut and I, I spoke to one of you afterwards and you're like no that's the scene from the movie that's the actual you know what that must have been scene. the time that you were playing the other movie skip tracer right because weren't you playing that's a movie why called yes because i tracer? edited a trailer reel for that and i put the jackie chan skip tracer trailer into it <laughs> i was trying to remember i'm like why do we play the skip tracer trailer <laughs> funny, and I was I was, like, oh yeah i was just thinking about that movie the other day skip the other skip tracer which was uh kind of a downer um uh, that was the canadian one wasn't yeah it? yeah the canadian it was one, like yep. a neo-noir i believe the only 35 millimeter print is still sitting in peter kaplowski's living room <laughs> The perfect archival quality. Being used as a coffee table or something. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's on a milk crate. So we are here to talk about the Dice Man, though. Andrew oh, Dice God. Clay. 
This I was obsessed with this movie as a teen. So like, you liked it. I, I loved it. Unironically. Obsessed by it. Because I now, was a big were fan. you a Dice Man Cometh fan? Yeah, I was a this. I was a big uh, Andrew Dice Clay fan. This movie was kind of made at the end of his career. He kind of had this this <laughs> huge moment. His career lasted from nineteen eighty nine to nineteen ninety. Spanning two whole decades. Two whole decades. I'll be me too in April. <laughs> That's it. And no one ever heard from him again. From 1989 to 1990. No, sorry. Well, he's like his heyday. You know, he kind of had the a few years of like, uh, I don't know how we, I think my friend just discovered one of his stand-ups like at, the, a, at the video store. He's so you a, weren't like listening to like, what was it, a record back then? Or did they have CDs? No, it was no. VHS. So we... Uh, yeah, he called us over. Me and my friends watched like one of his stand-up routines. It was, it was great. <laughs> he called us over. The Dice Man called me on the phone. Oh, I got like, this hey, VHS tape. Like, yeah. once you I guys still watch. I'm not sure I understand this as stand-up. I I should have watched oh, some stand-up. Before. No, it's not April, you would have not enjoyed it. <laughs> no, 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 no. It is essentially him being misogynist, racist. Um, and that's the joke. How is that a joke? That's the joke. It's that's basically just, the joke. It's just a character yeah. that he plays on stage. It's just like this very. <laughs> Some people would argue that that character became who he was. Well, kind of, but uh, I think in Ford Fair, it's very kind of like just mean spirited and gross. And yeah, whatever. It's yeah. like shock humor type thing, but it's like the character he plays a very watered down uh, version of it for the movie. Oh, so it was way worse. Oh, in the stand-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, every, like, okay. derogatory term you could say he drops in a stand-up. And the issue with him playing a character is that you see the fans <laughs> of that special. Yeah. They do not treat it as a character. They love it. Like, it oh, looks yeah, like a yeah. Nazi rally. For sure. They're like, sure. oh, yeah, Dice Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. A bunch of, uh, you know, pickup artists, uh, you know, before oh, they yeah, became definitely. pickup artists. Yeah, he's definitely like an exaggerated sort of macho well, guy. He would come onto the stage with like these big kind of bedazzled... Uh, his outfits. Are r- ridiculous. The hair. Yeah, like the leather jacket with like the shoulder pads. Yeah, and just <laughs> rhinestones all over it. Like it's nothing compared... This movie, like I'm saying, is a very watered down kind of teddy bear version of him. Mm-hmm. Very kind of likable in, in a way. Yeah, like, I mean, oh, he's yeah. still a pig and he is. a monster, but I the don't The thing hate is him. with Andrew Clay is that he's a good actor. Yeah, he's really good. The um, like Andrew Dice Clay character, mm-hmm. like he was inspired by uh, Buddy Love from The Nutty Professor, the Jerry Lewis <laughs> yeah. one. Oh. So, like the evil version right. of Jerry right. Lewis in that film. So kind of just became to define him. Yeah, and I see that... Uh, you can sort of see it coming out sometimes with his. Well, yeah, he did. He did a Jerry Lewis. Uh, <laughs> it's like money, money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll talk about that shot, yeah, for which sure. is improved by Andrew Dice Clay, <laughs> according to Rennie Hartland. Um, like he was in a Woody Allen movie, Blue Jasmine. Blue Jasmine. He had a big role in it too. Uh, and most recently in uh, a Star, Star is Born, Born as Lady yeah. Gaga's dad. He's good dad. in Star is Born. Yeah, he's as really well. good. A small role, but like he's like a lovable dad and. B, I didn't even recognize him at first. That's yeah. how you know he he disappeared into the role. Do you want to hear something shocking? Andrew Dice Clay, actually Jewish. Yeah, he is. As oh, Andrew Clay Silverstein is his name. Yep, that's right. So and the he, dice is made up. Yeah, yes. it's all just... No, that's his, his the parents dice. gave him that name. That's his nickname. Yeah, so, it was one of the uh, apostles. This movie... Dice. According to... I listened to an interview with Daniel Waters, the uh, one of the writers on this picture, right. uh, most famous for Heathers and Hudson Hawk. Oh, no shit. That movie 
Colin and me favorite. I was getting some Hudson Hawk vibes from this. Doing like Mean Girls, Dan Waters. Am I? Am I? No, you're thinking of his brother, who's a director who directed Mean Girls. There's another Waters. Um, There's another Waters. Speaking of Hudson Hawk, this is the movie that Colin wanted to pick that week, but then we couldn't find it. Yeah, this was the weirdest thing. We we just like left it to the night before. We were Mm -hmm. recording and we're like, okay, we'll just do Ford Fairlane. And we'll go to rent it. We couldn't find it anywhere. So I apologize to people who want to watch this movie. You might have to work a little harder to, to nail down a copy. It wasn't released on DVD. I remember picking it up for like 10 bucks, but I think it just disappeared and nobody has uh, so wanted weird. to tap into that Adventures of Ford Fairlane hysteria. I bet you, you can get a VHS on eBay or something, right? Yeah, yeah, I had a VHS. I think we rented it when I was a teen when it came out and I, I dubbed it. Um, I actually had a Betamax player in my room, <laughs> so we've heard your I, tales of dubbing a, tapes you rented. Dubbing That's Betamax. piracy. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, so I watched this movie endlessly. Uh, you know, just when I was doing stuff and I was doing schoolwork, I'd always have it on in the background. I just loved wow. it Colin, so much. Did you try to look like Andrew Dice Clay? <laughs> well, I kind of did the at hair. that time anyway, because I was into rockabilly. So I had this big like pompadour. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. And <laughs> so that was before you even saw the Dice Man, when you're just like, oh, sure. this guy, he represents me. But so, did you enjoy this movie, the teddy bear version, more than Dice Man Cometh? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was just sort of <laughs> Let more. the record show. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more along with my sensibilities. It was it just yeah. less mean spirited and, and gross uh, as his like mm-hmm. stand up. Um, hickory dickory duck yeah like that sort of stuff <laughs> whatever it was kind of fun at the time when you know we first discovered him and but whatever yeah i was a big fan of this movie uh you know and just his persona in this also like, i want to say this movie has actually a lot similar with hudson hawk they're both kind of that type of vanity project that are kind of uh well hudson hawk is more slapstick mm-hmm. but they're both that kind of comedy slash crime mystery i guess and they also have a self-aware tone and they both have a line at the end that talks directly to the audience yeah there's hey, a lot of <laughs> you know, what was the one in hudson hawk um oh you probably just remember. fell out of that uh plane no, I and you were, you were fine. T- it's like and that's the end of this chapter <laughs> check in for chapter two Wait, doesn't, like doesn't danny aiello say like unfucking believable Wait, something yeah, like something that. like that. Where he's like, "How'd you survive?" And he's like, "Oh, there was airbags." So and then Bruce Willis is like, "Yeah, that's probably what yeah, happened. That's probably exactly what happened." And yeah, it has it has the same kind of goofy energy. I think like Hudson Hawk is uh, less palatable. It's just a little mm-hmm. too wacky and obnoxious. Also, at times. both have a, a you know a machismo character. But yeah, Ray Harlan and Daniel Waters say that they believe one of the mistakes they made was this movie. They did not make it sillier. Really. Yep. I think it kind of finds... That they wish it had gone a little bit further. Uh, I think they went perfect. Yeah, perfect I think balance-wise, it works for me. I, 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 yeah, if push it too far... People I hate this movie, in case <laughs> that's so, aren't that's aware so of this film. I remember uh, yeah, it's, it came it's out. it's derided. It, it bombed horribly. Because, like oh. I said, it was kind of the tail end of his sort of heyday. So the timing wasn't right. Uh, and yeah, it, it bombed. I think it made like $23 million on a $20 million budget. And I remember that it bombed so bad. Uh, Arsenio Hall, I used to watch Arsenio Hall back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then in his opening monologue, he's like, ooh, oh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> he said, you know, I, want, I don't want to say that Ford Fairlane was a, was a huge bomb, but the KKK put it under my, my car last night. 
Uh, <laughs> hey, I got yo. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a thinker. You know, Arsenio Hall was like the thinking man's talk. He, he really was. Remember when he had Jason from Friday the 13th? I his, remember. Yeah, it's great. And it was just uh, Kane Hodder just sat in that chair staring at him the entire time. Yep. Well, Classic. I mean, just like the thing is about this movie is that I actually laughed at things that were supposed to be funny. Um, well, yeah. not all the time, I, but you know. I would say that like what's fun about Adventures of Fort Fairlane watching it now is that like uh, Andrew Dice Clay is not cool in the movie. Like I, we can't all be a young Colin as a teenager <laughs> finding it cool. But looking back on it now, he's not a dominant like force in 1989 to 1990. Right. So it's less like, oh, it's a threat on, you know, what teens are going to do. Like, they're going to start, like, mimicking what he does in Dice Man Cummins or stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So he's probably closer to what the Dice Man wanted, which is he's kind of like a loser, and that's what the joke of the movie is. Yeah, he's, he's a loser, go... but the women all love him. Oh, they love do, him. Do they, <laughs> do they ever? This guy, can't, everywhere he walks, it's like, you know, goes into that sorority, and then everybody just stops. The you can hear is, the record the scratch. The thing is, when that happens in an Andy Sedaris movie, I'm <laughs> laughing, but this, I was groaning. Like, uh. But you can laugh because you know that Andrew Dice Clay, his career just uh, flamed <laughs> out that year this movie came out yeah so it's like extra funny that it's like everybody loves me it's like oh no dice man (laughs) you don't know what the next year contains that's what is often funny about these vanity projects that it's like okay now every every woman in every room is gonna take their top off and i'm gonna treat them like shit and then like you know flying newspaper ford fairlane movie worst movie of all time (laughs) yeah that came out the next day Uh, Ford Fairlane back on the force. (laughs) Hero again. Uh, So wait, how does this movie open again? Well, it opens Uh, in like a a flash forward. It opens in like Hmm. present with a face on the beach, whatever, narration. It is like a detective movie, so of course it's going to have... You're probably wondering how I got here. Exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it has a voiceover, which I swear they added later, but Colin thinks They did? I can say right now they did. Well, they didn't. Uh, Daniel Waters copped to that fact. It's ADR. Of course it's going to be added later. No, but like, uh, you know know what I mean. It wasn't in the script. And he also, when he wrote the film, he knew Andrew Clay was going to be in it. Yeah. But the Andrew Dice Man persona had not really popped off yet. So he didn't write it for that. But supposedly Andrew Dice Clay and uh, producer Joel Silver added a lot of jokes from his stand-up special into the movie. Yeah, I can see a lot of those jokes pop up here and there. Well, they're like in the voiceover that clearly didn't seem like there was enough time. So like he's like going from a, his house to his car and he's like putting in a little joke like, oh, I bet that broad likes to go down on Fifth Avenue. Oh, like oh, in the voiceover. Clint Eastwood sucked my dick. Um, oh. Well, I'm laughing. <laughs> well, I just figured it's a, it's a detective noir movie and they always have like narration or every it's i gotta say uh colin i was laughing as well (laughs) a big grin on my face the entire time oh this brought me back it was just like uh, so can we just jump to the club when we're introduced to the rock and roll detective himself (laughs) yes ford fairlane you know i was reading up on this and apparently it was based on there was a ford fairlane character that this writer there were two short stories that were written about him yeah so this writer rex wiener he would write for la weekly and Mm -hmm. would do these like little short stories with ford fairlane and i guess a detective in the rock and roll industry oh wait so ford fairlane wasn't andrew dice clay's like no. stage name no, no. so oh, no this was a okay, script okay. that had been in production for like a decade maybe even more mm-hmm. than that 
Mm. Yeah, probably for longer. And so, yeah, you can buy them on Amazon. It's like the original Adventures of Ford Fairlane, but the character of Ford Fairlane is nothing like Andrew Dice Clay. Clay. <laughs> he gotcha. just happens to be a detective that works within the, the rock and roll industry, or the music industry. Oh, wait, we forgot that actually the movie opens with the lead singer of the Black Plague dying. <laughs> yeah. Played, played by Vince Neil for Motley Crue. Big, big concert. Um, I will say there's a lot of like, pretty big set pieces in this movie yeah it's a lot a, of extras it's a slick looking movie i have to big, oh big, it is know. so slick yeah. because when andrew dice clay arrives uh at the club <laughs> he gets the biggest hero's entrance non-ironically <laughs> like the crowd parts there's like smoke in the air the camera moves in toward him he steps into the light from out of the darkness yeah and he does like a cigarette trick which I yeah. heard was part of his stage act a lot as well, right? Well, he did, yeah, he comes in like smoking and then, yeah, yeah. he does a lot of the, uh, he would come on stage, he would pull out his cigarette, it would take him like, you know, 10 minutes and he'd go, oh. Yeah, he'd do like a Zippo trick or something like that. And to like his light, neck. Yeah. yeah, and he'd like pull up his, he's got like a, a Zippo holster that's kind of built into oh his, his belt. It, it's 10 minutes because the crowd needs to die down from being like, <laughs> Dice, dice man. And then someone comes up and says, dice, Sir, dice, dice, Sir dice. you can't smoke in here. And yeah, he's like, Fine. So he puts it out, but then, like, he didn't really put he it He does, out. like, a little flick, like, oh No my problem. God. He says, yeah, uh, just like a 12 year old. Yeah, he's like, Ford, you can't smoke in here. Nobody smokes anymore. He's so cool. And he walks in. So even, like, oh the movie. God, oh, Ford so I was writing, like, notes here. And I'm like, My God, am I going to have to write a note about everyone that shows up yes, in this opening? Yeah. You get Sheila E's on stage. Uh, and then he starts talking to Morris Day from Morris Day. Uh, you time. get the guy that's not Weird Al from Dumb and Dumber uh, <laughs> not Dumb and Dumber UHF David Bowe is one of the guys wait who's Who he that? he's the two I think it's a gag from his stand up it's like the two guys come up one of them's bald oh. and he's like get out of my way and then you never see him again oh, but like the says, bald guy's David Bowe from UHF is he the friend from UHF yes he's the friend from UHF oh, just watched that oh that's right <laughs> okay he goes like hey what's your names like Neil and Bob or is it like what you do oh yeah okay I yeah. remember that. that I think that's a stand up joke because it it's like random it's out of nowhere yeah. so. and he goes uh, you're driving home take Mulholland you love the curves oh yeah oh <laughs> and then he meets Morris Day and there's a joke that's like it's like, she's got to shave before she leaves the house. And I don't mean her hair. And I'm like, oh, I guess you mean her genitals. I thought then. they said, yeah. I don't mean her legs. Her legs. Her legs, I. that's right. genitals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Women don't Maybe, shave oh, their hair. He's like, I'm not dirty. I'm Morris Day. I meant her head. He should shave it. There's a lice problem going around LA these <laughs> yeah, days. Yeah, he's, he's squeaky clean. So it's kind of like, uh, I think Dice narrates that he used to be in the music producing business. but I, what, A so publicist, I think. Does he just work in... Just works in the rock and roll. He just does jobs. How many cases can he get? That's the, that's the thing. Just a rock and it's, roll detective. It's so weird. Well, it's a plot point that he's not getting paid enough or money at all. Um, yeah. But I think that he used to be a musician, too, because he keeps trying to we play find out, and yeah. sing and shit in this movie. We find out later that he came to, to Hollywood with Gilbert Gottfried's character. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, that's a really funny joke. Which is really so funny. funny. And they pull up a picture of them when they first arrived. And I forget the name of the band. But in this club at the beginning, he because he's hunting down David Patrick Kelly, the guy from the Warriors, who's like Warriors, yeah. who cannot. And the guy that Arnold promised that he would uh, save for last, but then he lied. Right, yeah. Commando. Commando. I recognize him from his that, character's yeah. name is Sam the Sleazebag in this movie. That's right. And he always plays a sleazebag. Like he's it's true. He, he was born to play that role. 
Yeah, um, it's because he's got like the hook nose, yeah, he's, right? He's, and like the very angular face. He's just this little like weaselly guy. I don't he's know what weaselly. about him. So he's like he's been bothering stalking this, band. this poor band, Josie and the Pussycats. The Pussycats. <laughs> Like <laughs> not that. affiliated with the Archie company. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is really gross. And then he gets his comeuppance kind of eventually. Well, yeah. yeah, but not before that Andrew Dice Clay. He lays with a couple of me- Swedish meatballs. Oh. oh. Well, first uh, he, he goes up to the bar and the bartender gives him his drink, which is a Sambuca milkshake that he lights on fire. So now was that a Dice Man thing? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I, I, I never which heard that Which is A, before. disgusting. And B, I think it's a joke because no bar would would ever have a, a Sambuca milkshake. But see, you guys remember in um, The Fanatic where John Travolta is like at a fancy party and he goes, can I have a chocolate milkshake? And he's like, uh, no, we, we don't make milkshakes. Uh, <laughs> this is a bar. Um, hey, this is Ford Fairlane. <laughs> but in it's Ford like, Fairlane, you can get a milkshake at a bar. I think what, that's he a, can that's get a, a, he can a, get a milkshake anywhere. Oh, we got an ice cream machine in the bag just for you, sir. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, because we, we skipped a very important line when he's walking into the club when a woman asks him his phone number and he's like, it's 555. And she's like, wait a minute. Five, five, five. That's only in the movies. Yeah. And he's like, you think this is real life? Oh! <laughs> See, I, they, I like that because it's self-aware. and It also reminded me of like something that would happen in like a Jerry Lewis movie or something like no last is- action hero that's what it reminds me <laughs> oh, of the no. classic five like, five five bit like let's take it let's let's uh, it should, there should have been more like uh, instances of pointing out that this is a movie Rennie Harlan agrees with you, <laughs> Are you is this based on the commentary I, I don't know if I agree with either yeah. of you Mm-hmm. It's on the commentary. Uh, what? I didn't make a decision. Only April and Rennie Harlan said something. Well, when I say either of you, I mean I'm talking me to and April. Harlan. I'm talking it's to me, April and Rennie Harlan. She's here. Yeah, Rennie Harlan. Um, I so can't do a Rennie Harlan voice. I, I want him to be cool, cool like James Bond, Freddy Krueger, cool. <laughs> I got to say said. something. So, so about this Sambuca milkshake. Me and my friends. This is before you know. Oh my god! I was like 17 <laughs> oh, or no. 18 when this movie came out. Uh, and I loved it. I'm like, what the hell is Sambuca? What is the Sambuca milkshake? We didn't know that Sambuca was like a liquor that it's you just black, buy. Black licorice. Tastes like black liquor, licorice. And it's the most disgusting thing I've ever tried. Oh, I kind of like it. It's like, I don't it, like black licorice. It's though, like ouzo. So. You know, if you tried ouzo before. But you light it on fire, you get the shot. Uh, usually they put like a, a coffee bean in it. And you light mm. the shot, blow it out, and then drink it. But we didn't know what the hell Sambuca was because I wasn't. I know we never really drank before. It was like still in high school. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm like, yeah, we gotta we gotta make some sambuca. <laughs> like the dice it. man. Like the dice man. We gotta make like a sambuca milkshake. And then my friend's like, all right, like I, you know, my dad has this old liquor book or like you know how to make drinks or something like a cocktail thing. And it, uh, one of the recipes is sambuca punch. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. Okay. All right, let's make it. Let's get all the ingredients. So we like went out and bought, and he's like, yeah, you need gin, you need whatever. Were you of age? I think, I, I don't know, probably not. <laughs> Legally, Colin cannot answer then that how question. Did you this? I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. And then, so I'm like, okay, this doesn't sound right, but okay. So we're like, and then we get to his place, and I read the recipe book, and it's Samboanga Punch. <laughs> and he's like, I don't know, it sounded the same. So we're like, oh, God. It's probably better yeah, than the people, Sambuca. The people at the beer store were like, oh, this ch- this man in a pompadour could not be under 21. <laughs> With a mustache. Uh-huh. I, I came in. A fake mustache. Sir, you can't smoke in here. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh. Where's the same book? <laughs> 
anyway, uh, yeah, we tried to, it was, it was just not working out. And I think we just had like gin and tonics or something. Mm, well, that's a lot better. And I then mean, I found out later that it, it's, you just buy it in a bottle and that's it. You don't, you don't Sambuca, make it. Sambuca, yeah, you know, you don't make it. What, what are you making it in your bathtub? Like during prohibition? <laughs> Bathtub. This is the way the dice man makes it. The bathtub sambuca. Bath, hey. Bathtub sambuca milkshakes. Yeah, make the milkshake in the tub. Ew. Yeah, first you have to lay in it so your skin absorbs its nutrients. Disgusting. Uh, oh Wait, so we got to get out of this club because we've been here Yeah, okay, so when do we go minutes? to the, his David office? David Patrick Kelly, he shoots a, a disco ball that falls in his head and then, yeah. you know. He's like, disco's dead or something like that. And then is immediately flanked by these two hot twins who are like, oh, Ford. And he says, Clint Eastwood, I fucked them. Oh. Oh. So he's, he's saying he like, fucked wait. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, he did say, I fucked Clint yeah, Eastwood. He's, he's like, you know, you think Clint Eastwood's tough. Well, I fucked him like he was a girl. Well, I was going to say he just admitted that, you know, he was homosexual, but it's not because he did the fucking. That's the idea. It's like prison rape. All of his fans. But wouldn't that still be make you homosexual? His fans don't think so. They're like, yeah, he fucked Clint Eastwood. Apparently, if you fuck Clint Eastwood, you're just the straightest, most masculine man that ever existed. (laughs) So we cut to his big uh, bachelor pad, which is... Um, well, how would you describe the architecture of this it building? Is like, it's like a it's, beach house. It's like very 1950s. Uh, mm-hmm. it, yeah, yeah, everything about it is very 1950s. I, it looks like a like an old like lime Rickies or something. Isn't there like wicker furniture in there too? Probably, or, yeah. Uh, Anything nice. It's like, you know, if Don remember. Draper was like a 20 year old and lived on the beach it would it would look like that and then he wakes up his uh secretary's calling him played by lauren holly very young lauren holly yeah. lauren holly yes which is the love interest from dumb and dumber who i probably wouldn't even recognize if colin didn't point that out she looks like she's 18 or 19 she looks so young in this yeah yeah, she looks like um, she should step out of like, I'm trying to think of what comic book, because she has like that comic booky hairstyle uh, and like the glasses as well. Yeah, she's like um, the, Ghostbusters. The, the not hot girl. Yeah, April thought it was the... Uh, well, she looks so attractive even when she's like, I'm just a normal receptionist. Yeah, take off those glasses. I have short hair and big glasses, um, but she, uh, uh, Jazz is her name. Jazz. Yeah, and they <laughs> used to date, and she's put upon. So it's like I don't get her character. I don't like the whole idea that you know she's like I put up with your crap and I do everything for you, but I'm secretly in love with you. And he's because you're a good man, and it's like well, I don't but know like, about it's that. Like, does she um, think that they're dating? Because he's no. he'll sleep with anything that walks. No, no, she's just, and he yeah. picks up the phone and he's like, Yeah, I just had a couple of Swedish meatballs. Oh, <laughs> and is she like, What are you talking about? Like, I don't like you. You had some Swedish meatballs. <laughs> so he goes outside. Uh, this is the first time we were introduced to the character of the kid who seems to be this like orphan well what's funny is I I, this was I think around this time I was asking you like is this a period piece because first of all why is everyone dressed Uh, like that yeah it's 1990 it is a period piece no but like Ford Fairlane and like this like rockabilly thing and this little kid is wearing like a newsies hat and Spencer's and he's like hey Mr. Fairlane can you find out what happened to my dad (laughs) extra extra Sam the Sleaze taken down by Ford the We're not even exaggerating. Yeah, we're very kind of like vague on what is this some kid that just lives on the beach? Like it's very strange. But he's he idolizes like a dead kid that Ford Fairlane couldn't save (laughs) and is now haunted by his ghost. But he's kind of like idolizes Ford, so he's making all Andrew Dice Clay is like lighting his cigarette and he the kid is like imitating all the moves and then he lights a cigarette and he's like 
oh, he slaps it out of his mouth. Like, come I on. agree, Fort Fairlane is a bad influence on the youth, like Colin Cunningham <laughs> as a young boy. Yeah, he was a bad influence on you. Oh, yeah, sorry. making like bathtub <laughs> milkshakes. And then the, the girls are running away. They're like hailing a cab and they turn around and like, we just want it to be held, Ford. Yeah, they're yelling at him because... And, and then he's like, wasn't he's, he's, he's like, them. that's extra? That's a... Um, uh, something from a stand-up, right? Oh, he says, uh, hey, he turns to the kid, and he's like, they were, they were, they were like uh, girl guides. I took two boxes. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, again, don't appreciate the, you know, <laughs> child pornography aspect to that. Hey, those girls were girl guide age, but, you know, I get it. It's a joke. It's funny. Box, vagina. I had to be explained that, but I understand now. It's the 90s. I... Uh, yeah, it's the 90s. That's why Tone Loke is just rapping <laughs> on the sidewalk. Well, first, of all, we dancing around yeah, first of all, we get a look at uh, Ford's car, which he drives a Ford Fairlane. So I didn't know that this was a car. Uh, apparently it is, and it's a ridiculously retro-looking... It's. It looks like your typical kind of fifties. Something from a fifties diner. Yeah, the the Ford Fairlane. I uh, looked it up like when I was a kid. This was before the internet, right? I'm like Ford Fairlane because it has this awesome convertible top. It's like a hard top convertible. So the entire huh. roof like folds up and goes into the trunk. Oh, and it's not like canvas. Like it's not canvas. Ones, yeah. yeah, it's like an entire like hard top, and it kind of folds up. It probably takes about forty five minutes from the time you push the button <laughs> for the thing to like go it's into like, the roof. <laughs> <laughs> Just hang on a second, baby. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Any minute now. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were introduced to Tone Loke. Hey, and he's Ford. not a character. He's just in this one scene. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. He's rapping. People are dancing around him. <laughs> he's like, oh, how's it going, Ford? <laughs> so I guess he kind of hangs out outside of like Ford's office or his detective office or something like that. Just, I, I ask you guys, how do they get so many celebrities or at least known people to be in this movie? I don't know. Tone people was, love the Dice Man. Yeah, he man. was that popular? Oh, he was huge. Well, the funny thing is because this movie, uh, this is before Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Yeah. Yes, um, which would do the same thing, but would be a hit. Yeah, and Tone Loke yeah. was also in that. It's true. Yes, that's right. I don't want to listen to your ass, Ace. Eh? <laughs> oh! <laughs> Maybe if Andrew Dice Clay did that, he'd have more of a hit. <laughs> Look, talk they out of my have ass. a lot similar in terms of, you know... Well, it's like noir conventions with like a silly a protagonist in the middle yeah. of it. Who, you know, women love him. I mean, it's really just Monica who who loves Ace Ventura. But like, I remember you know. a, a friend of mine. We watched. Uh, I showed him Ford Fairlane at my place, and then years later, when uh, Ace Ventura came out, he was like, he saw it in the theater and was so angry. He's like, they ripped off Ford Fairlane. It's like the <laughs> same plot. Pet detective, <laughs> rock and roll detective. I know. <laughs> Uh, it's just like the same plot. It's not the same plot. There's not know. a dolphin missing in this movie. Ah, there could be. Uh, okay, so what is the plot? We need to get to the big case. Well, we first introduced, this is the time we first meet Lauren Holly, and she's got the my favorite character. Uh, oh, co- you beat me to it. Uh, the koala bear. <laughs> Um, because the, uh, voice by, did you notice Frank Welker? Wait, so I can't say I'm just. You said he wasn't in the credits though, but it's like he's not in the credits. But you listen to that. That is a hundred percent Frank Welker. <laughs> and I and I just watched the Get a Life episode where there's an alien in it, and it's like. <laughs> 
And I was like, the, the koala is making those same noises. And I'm like, yep, Frank Walker did that alien. It's he definitely a, did this koala. I love the koala. And uh, she says, oh, it was a payment from in excess because they're from Australia. Yeah. And this is the running joke in the movies, like the rock stars. Oh, my God. I just got it. They fucking hung the koala bear and didn't, no, didn't, no, didn't this, the this, member of in no. excess hang himself? <laughs> this was not a this joke. Was before. This was so before. So that was just a coincidence. Just a coincidence. Wow. They really should have just cut that scene out. Well, that's in bad taste. It worked at the time. Um, well, like they like cut it out like years later, <laughs> like retrospectively. Yes. No, no, like taking the twin towers out. Like take the twin towers uh, out. Get the koala out of Fort Fairlake. Michael Hutchins. Michael Hutchins. Hutchins yeah. or um, Hutchinson. Hutchinson? No. Um, yeah. So he can't get paid by these. Like, oh, nobody's paying me. Millie Vanilli paid me in bicycle shorts. Oh. Because they wear bicycle shorts. Isn't that funny? Wow. April, was, don't edit that silence. That was the most awkward just, silence. I was like, is someone going to explain that? Or, that was like the audience on opening night of Adventures of Ford Fairlane. Other than Colin in the back being like, ah. They happen to wear a house. lot of bicycle shorts, I guess. So, yeah. hmm. I was like, is Justin still connected to us? <laughs> Is this mic off? Just my stone face. Um, but yeah, that so there's an animatronic koala in this movie that looks so bad. No, it looks. Oh, oh it is not on. animatronic. It's just a, it's a puppet. Okay, which is even yeah. worse. I love it. It looks so mechanical. So that's uh, Colin's favorite thing oh, is the man. puppet. Oh God. There's some like reaction shots later on what? where he's like, "If I want to lose my boner, I just think of Roseanne Barr naked." Uh, and then it cuts to the koala. Is like, mm. no, the koala just like thought about it for a second. And goes. But I mean, I really feel like this koala bear doesn't belong in this movie unless it was a real bear. To have a puppet in this movie, I disagree. Just looks weird. <laughs> well, because he finds it hung later. They they kill it by hanging Hanged. it from his uh, ceiling. Oh wow! Uh, we, Not really. We but we'll get to that. <laughs> I think if it was a real koala, that that would be horrifying. Uh, because it's a puppet, it kind of. I don't know. It's not as horrifying. It still is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. We're going to have to streamline some of the plot because there's a lot of scenes and we don't have time to go through the whole yeah. thing. But the basics is uh, he goes and visits his friend Gilbert Gottfried, who is a shock jock DJ, which is kind Johnny, of like the Johnny role Crunch. he was born to play. Yeah, for Because sure. he's doing this insane like voice and then he comes off the mic and he's kind of just talking like normal Gilbert Gottfried yeah, a exactly. bit. And I was like, wow, like perfect casting yeah <laughs> apparently howard stern auditioned for this role I get and didn't I didn't get it <laughs> daniel water said that one of his realizations that hollywood was going to be different than he thought it was going to be was when he showed up for the day where gilbert Gottfried was doing the scene which was the first day of filming and Gottfried had not read the script <laughs> didn't know his lines <laughs> didn't really know what was going on you never know He's perfect. Uh, this was when Godfrey was at the top of his game. Even when he was on SNL, for all I know. Oh, God. Those are the worst yeah. years of SNL, as many <laughs> the would dark say. dark years. Mark McKinney, Gilbert Godfrey, together at last. And wasn't Robert Downey Jr. on them as well? And uh, yes. the guy from Get a Life, Chris... Chris Elliott. Elliott. <laughs> Chris Elliott. Oh, was he on us? Oh, he was. Yeah. I forgot about that. Hey, we both that. listened to that same episode of What a Cartoon. <laughs> uh, we're just giving free Listen, advertising. April's waiting for your call. The what a cartoon call! Just giving free advertising to other podcasts now. Um, anyway, so Gilbert Godfrey wants to he hires Ford to go look for this girl yeah. uh, Zuzu Petals. He's an old friend of his. This is where he's like, we were in that band together, and they show that hilarious picture of them, which is really funny. 
Um, but Zuzu yeah, pedals. Zuzu pedals. That's a yeah, it's a wonderful life joke. Oh, is that? Oh, fuck. Because I was like, what is that? Like uh, Zuzu's pedals. God oh, damn, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> That's a uh, Daniel Waters classic though, because all of his character names are all like references to other stuff. Man, I'm not um, smart enough for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> really, Ford, no, really not. <laughs> So uh, I love the moment where uh, Andrew Dice Clay he leaves Gilbert Gottfried's office uh, and he does a little dance yeah. with like a like a silly walk like and he goes in ADR like money 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 he's <laughs> like money 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 <laughs> and that was an Andrew Dice Clay improv <laughs> that he did on the day yeah he does a lot of uh, and it's like what the fuck is that um, but you know go for uh, Jerry it Lewis, Jerry, that's Jerry what Lewis. It is. yeah exactly yeah. And then Gilbert Gottfried is electrocuted on air. Andrew Clay's Clay goes back to the office to find him dead. And we're introduced to Ed O'Neill's character. Uh, yeah, he's like the police chief. Yeah, who's always like... Detective Anus. Yeah. What's his name? I think it's Detective Anus, isn't it? <laughs> no, he calls him Anus. It's probably like Anus. Uh, well, thought... Yeah, well, he calls him Anus uh, or Anus or something. But uh, it's... Kind of like I like the little backstory that they gave him because he was in a, a disco band back in the day, Disco Express, and I guess Ford didn't want to. He was like a producer, or a, and he's probably like, well, he is. He's making fun of him because he's like, you were in a disco band and disco's not cool, which is like, come on, like. But every time they cut, like they the music just sort of comes on and he starts singing his famous song, Booty Time. Booty Time. Booty Time. But I, I do kind of like how like. Muse, the through line of the music industry is kind of in kind of everything in this yeah, world. Yeah, for sure. Everyone's for sort of connected part. through the yeah. industry, which is even be... this this cop kind of who's always coming in and being like, "Ford, you're off this case." Essentially, even though he's not, uh, Ford is like a private detective, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Rock and roll mm -hmm. detective, yeah. you might say. <laughs> As we'll get to, we got to zoom through this because we've already been talking about this movie for like four minutes. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> We haven't even introduced like Priscilla Presley. Uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, she's in the next yeah, scene. Talk right? about next scene. what the plot is because I there's this confusing thing with rich lady um, Wayne Newton. Yeah, we haven't even introduced so Wayne Newton. Young. Ba lady. Basically, the idea is that like everyone's after these three CDs that when used in tandem. <laughs> I, what information does it, it give? Reveals, Condom factory? No, it reveals that Wayne Newton, who's like this famous music producer, uh, mm -hmm. what's his I name? I think he owns the record label or something. Yeah, he. well, yeah, he's a very, very yeah, yeah. powerful. The record, yeah, the music industry is crooked. He's, yeah. piss, he's pissed off because like his records make the artists a lot of money, but not him as a producer. Even though he's well, clearly... Well, I'm glad Wayne Newton could win yeah, exactly. in today's current world. He's still super rich. So he has this plan uh he has a second company uh that just pirates records and sells them on the side so he makes all the profit and then it turns out that priscilla presley vince neal for motley crew uh and I and this young girl's oh no zuzu's not actually involved in it at all she's just in the wrong place at the wrong time right yeah she was given the cd by the lead singer of the black plague uh, who's yeah. played by vince neal so yeah, when yeah. all the see, I guess they wanted to blackmail Vince. Oh God, they wanted to blackmail Wayne Newton. So Wayne Newton kind of has them off one by one. Yeah. So the story goes that Daniel Waters, when they were writing the script, they kept cutting away scenes that would reveal the plot of the film. Mm -hmm. and, and there was a scene where they would all be in a warehouse and the plot would be explained. And then suddenly Joel Silver called them one day and was like, we're cutting the warehouse scene. And he's like, what? <laughs> but that's where the plot gets explained. I, I will admit, there's a lot of plot in this and uh, don't yeah. understand it all. It and gets I mean, a little that's convoluted. fine for like a noir. Like it doesn't have to be the most simple. I'm glad that there's too much plot other than not enough. Mm -hmm. Um Mm -hmm. But it's kind of just like, 
who you know who the fuck is uh, Freddy Krueger? It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, Robert England <laughs> uh, shows Robert up England. in this. Wait, 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 we're going too fast. Okay. okay, so Priscilla Presley's introduced. Not many jokes. No, it's kind Andy of Dice Clay. She's like a rich woman. I've seen everything, she says. Mm-hmm. And she also wants him to fight, uh, find Zuzu, find Zuzu Zuzu's petals, petals yeah. but she says, oh, you know, uh, she's my daughter, which is exactly what Johnny Crunch, yeah, Gilbert Gottfried said. Yeah, lie. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's lying. And then he goes, why does he go and see um, his friend at the uh, music studio oh, again? Morris Day? I don't know. But all we okay, need yeah, to so know. Because he, he wants to sing, because yeah. that's what happens. Well, this is where Wayne Newton is introduced. He's making fun of Wayne Newton, mm. but he doesn't know he's in the actual like recording studio. Uh, Wayne Newton is actually really great in this movie. Um, uh, I'm not uh, saying... Wayne Newton, now 170-year-old he man. He looks horrifying. We saw him in Vegas. The horrors of plastic surgery. We didn't actually surgery. see him in Vegas. No, you we... keep saying that. You keep saying, we saw Wayne, Wayne Newton. No, all okay. we saw was a picture of you him. You just interrupted the story. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to explain... We walked by the the ticketing agent where you could buy tickets for his show, but they had this big like screen TV up showing like scenes from his show. But every time they cut to a close up of him on stage, it was actually horrifying, and it would actually turn people off. Like he's it was, had a lot of plastic surgery. His plastic, like just Google him. Oh my god. Well, Wayne Newton's like big famous song was like Dun Kashang. Dun Kashang. Like, and that was in 1963. That's when he was a kid. Oh well, <laughs> he was 21 years yeah. old. I mean, I, I loved I him the in Vegas Vacation. And uh-huh. if anyone thinks Vegas Vacation is a bad movie, you're wrong. Um, it's a good time. <laughs> going to fight you. It's very nostalgic for me. But I mean, and he was looking pretty old then. That was like probably 97 or something like that yeah he's just like he's kind of has that robert goulet look where it's like the cheesy lounge singer with the pencil thin mustache and his face now looks like you know all those like memes of when they take someone's face and they shrink it (laughs) (laughs) that's what he looks looks like like, yeah yeah, if your face had been cut off and then stretched over somebody else's face (laughs) like that's what his leather face (laughs) that's what his face looks like but yeah, you're right. He's uh, I'm good. I'm sure he's a very movie. nice man. He's, he's really good. He's, he's like, actually kind of menacing, but also there's yeah. a goofiness to his character. Well, his his performance of this feels like it should be like in a naked gun film. Mm-hmm. Like it's like the serious, you know, actor well, this, as the villain. This, in this is funny because Naked Gun, I think two or three came out after this movie. And not only did they jokingly rip off the poster, uh, but they have Robert Goulet as the as the That's bad right, guy. That's right, Robert Goulet. So, so, oh, he's great. Yeah, so I used movie. to have the poster of Ford Fairlane, and at the bottom it would have all the characters' heads like in little kind of like boxes saying "And Priscilla Presley," blah blah blah. And the last was Wayne Newton. And then on the Naked Gun poster, the very last one is Robert Goulet, and they're like, "Yeah, we couldn't get Wayne Newton." <laughs> so, like the Naked Gun two or three was ripping off Ford Fairlane. Uh, jokingly, I think poster. it's just the Robert Goulet part, but they they kind of look similar. Robert Goulet is like the Canadian version of. They're both of Wayne lounge Newton. singers. Right? <laughs> Wait, my manager said that. <laughs> Vera said that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, manager uh, to shut up. <laughs> shut up. Uh, Vera so, said that. Uh, Ford Fairlane is is in a uh, recording session for some dandy who's singing a song, and he's like, let me get in here and show you how it's done. Everybody <laughs> just lets this happen, and there's a completely out of 
reality musical sequence that happens. Uh, no, I think the lighting man just changed the lights so they're more complimentary <laughs> to Ford the Fairlane. Room, like, fills with they smoke all know the song. That. You know the professional musicians. It's like a it's you yeah. know, recording studio band. Hey, we got that new hot sound you're looking for. <laughs> it's an odd reference, but this reminded me of that scene in that Kurt Russell Santa Claus movie where he goes to jail and, and then all of a sudden there's just like a microphone there and the other people in the yeah. tank or in the band and it's just like it looks like that. This makes slightly Don't you mean sense. the classic Netflix um, shot in Toronto, the Santa Claus the Chronicles? Christmas Chronicles. Christmas Chronicles, <laughs> Christmas Chronicles yeah, right. So, Santa Claus Rises Part so 1. So he sings this song and uh, says to the kid afterwards, he's like, now that's rock and roll. And I'm like, that wasn't rock and roll. That was like this jazz song. <laughs> kind of jazz bluesy. It wasn't even rock and roll. This is like some easy listening jazz that you'd hear it like some, uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh! <laughs> oh! Sorry, I'm just reading my notes here and I just wrote O in capital letters <laughs> and exclamation mark. You should be writing that like every um, after okay. every sentence. So again, I know we, we're going to have to go not in order, but I'm going to jump ahead to what my favorite thing was. Um and it's after he finds Zuzu Petals, who is like this like ditzy Whoa, person. so far! Get, well, actually, well, there's another character. Well, okay, if you would, you can fill in the plot and until then. You're wondering how I got here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Let me take He it goes back. to a concert. Well, it's actually the funeral for of, of the, Vince Neil's character. The Vince Neil character. And, and so we skipped over the introduction of Robert England when he goes to. Again, I don't even know what, what his, his connection is to this. He's just some creepy weirdo. Yeah, he just hired. He's by, like a hired assassin. Um, he's a, he's Wayne a Newton. Yeah, because um, but, uh, so Billy Idol was supposed to play his role, um, and then got in this better. horrific like motorcycle accident. Oh no! Uh, which would explain why Robert England is dressed as Billy. Yeah, Idol. and he's doing like a kind of. I thought it was because he was like a sex, um, you know, S and M guy. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Well, I mean, Robert England in his day to day life is, as we all yeah, know, of but uh, Billy Idol is for sure. Yeah, Billy had like wrecked mm. his leg and couldn't do anything for years. So uh, yeah, they swapped it. Yeah, I mean the scene on the boat doesn't really matter. No, matter. no but <laughs> um, the funeral thing is more important because it's actually like a concert and it's funny. And uh, the Black Plague singer is in a casket that's all. It's a big glass tube. Yeah, it's like a plexiglass clear Which is pretty funny. Tube, which is and really funny. And there's, there's a... Well, I had some questions <laughs> because Fort Fairlane arrives and like the guy in charge of tickets at the um, funeral is being blown, blown by, by like by four, four women, women at, at once. <laughs> in the middle of a sea oh, of yeah. people, yes. um, which I guess they're all doing their own thing. They don't notice, but there's no way his dick is big enough to facilitate <laughs> three blowjobs, let alone four. <laughs> And then he, he's, he's got like, one of those triple dicks. You want, you want tickets? It's like, what is like Ghidorah? <laughs> yeah, Ghidorah. That's right. Mecha Ghidorah. Um, yeah, he's like, Ford, you want some tickets? He's like, blow my dick. No, he, yeah. no, he's like 300. And he's like, you charged the girls one. And he says, yeah, but they blew me. And he's like, 300. Oh, my God. Up. I wouldn't blow you. That would be gay. I like that. Our, 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 our Andrew Dice Clay is turning into like, I don't get no respect. <laughs> It's not that far. Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> oh, tell you. Oh, that's what we should do on this. Uh, everybody, what is it? Rodney like Doggerfield? Ro- Rodney like Dangerfield. Rover, Rover, Rover Dangerfield. Rover, it's it's yeah. Rover Dangerfield. <laughs> I forgot about that. Is that, that a full movie or a TV show? <laughs> no, it's a full oh movie. I thought maybe it was an animated show. 
Uh, that might be fun. Wait, maybe, you know, I mean, w- would it be better if it was just a movie or if it had like 21 episodes? No, that, that show's got legs, man. It's got to be a TV You know what would TV be show. funny? If we uh, made us all stick to like a theme for the next like three picks. Oh, and God. so say. Like nothing but. No, uh, like nothing but. <laughs> Ronnie Dangerfield. Neither, or like say like nothing but dog movies or something like that. That would be funny. Um, oh, yeah. So it was a movie. It came out into 19, it, out in 1990. Oh, my God. That was the year after this movie. Oh, my yep, God. Yep, it was called Roger, Ro- Rover <laughs> Dangerfield, like I said. And it's a Vegas show dog gets ditched in the sticks and ends up working on a farm. Uh, he probably used to do stand-up it's, in Vegas, this dog. It's called Roger Dogerfield. Uh, and it looks like the director made this uh, and nothing else. <laughs> Because both directors had said everything they had yeah, to say. Yeah, like, do you want to make another movie? He's like, no. Oh, wait. I'm done. No, I lied. The director of Rover Dangerfield, one of them, was also a character designer on Food Fight. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, no. You, want, you don't want that on your resume. Oh, God. Whoa, and Beauty and the Beast? Wow. <laughs> wait, which one? The Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, from 1991. The, the one? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, the so Disney one. Doing okay. I always thought Rover Dangerfield was like a Don Blues production. <laughs> That's what I thought. It has, and no, it's not. Oh my god! It's an independent, yeah. apparently. Wow. I have so many questions, but back to Andrew Dice. Clay. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Not to be confused with the one where Andrew Dice Clay plays an animated cat in a feature film. What? Like <laughs> no, cats don't dance? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> that be that be did. called Andrew Dice Cat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I like to lick my balls. Oh, I'm a cat. Oh, um, this, this, oh, this is so much pussy. I mean, you here. can't tell me oh, that that man. wasn't like a Listen, pitch at some point. Colin, we got to write the spec script. Oh Andrew God. Dice Cat. I think there's enough. <laughs> um, Andrew, Clay Andrew Dice Clay is still around. Yeah. He can do uh, it. CG animated, like one of those like <laughs> B movie ripoffs. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Dice Clay as a cat. Uh, I don't know why I just thought of this now, but I was reading some of the IMDb trivia, and it says that Joel Silver almost shut down production of the movie two weeks before because Andrew Dice Clay was too fat. What? <laughs> oh no! That's so mean. Well, I mean, if he was a woman, that would have happened. So it's good to see that men are also getting. Get me berated. a bigger, get me a bigger leather jacket. Oh. <laughs> To hide my my weight. <laughs> Can you imagine yeah. like shutting down a movie because your star is too fat? That's just so that weird. probably happens all the time. Are I, you kidding me? It's so bizarre. But you know, it's like you've already invested all this money. You might as well just keep going. Just with put it. him in a girdle. So Andrew Dice Clay goes to the funeral, runs into Zuzu Pits, Zuzu Petals. Like, Zuzu Petals, my bad. <laughs> and he's like, let's go. And then they get into a, a big uh, car chase. chase. A crazy car chase, not unlike the one in Hudson Hawk. Andrew, stop running over those um, tombstones. The tombstones look so cardboard. I thought it was good. <laughs> really? I heard good. Yeah, it was well executed. It's a Prohibition episode. We keep bringing that up in this podcast. What with the bathtub Sambuca and all. Right, right. Um, okay, <laughs> yep. anyway, we got to skip the scene, although I did think it was really funny, very silly. There's a, there's a really fun gag where he puts his arm out to shoot Robert England with like a spring-loaded pistol and it just flies out of his sleeve and lands in Robert <laughs> yeah. England's car. I like that's a good joke. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, it's kind of like so he's got that taxi driver kind of uh I don't know what they're called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spring loaded, you know. Sure. It's like you're talking to me. <laughs> um but okay, so after this is when they go to the sorority house, right? 
Nope. Because he goes to his apartment or his home afterwards and, and, and he finds a koala up. bear strangled. Okay, so I was going to say, this is actually one of my, my favorite scene. Because, I mean, very sad about the koala bear. But, you know... <laughs> The the girl goes to use the microwave and that blows up. She goes to turn on the TV and that blows up. And then they go outside. His car blows up and they're like, oh, man. And then they go back towards house and the entire house blows up. It yep. was just like it It was done in a very uh, way that the comedy, I feel, worked. It was spaced out enough. It wasn't it wasn't like a naked gun gag, but it also wasn't like a boring, bad comedy gag. It kind of worked for me. It was good. Good practical explosions. Yeah, Lots good of, practical yeah. explosions. Good, like, you can see uh, Dice Clay and the actor playing Zuzu are in the same frame as the house blowing up. Yeah, and he gets like uh, yanked back on the wire. It's 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 well executed. Uh, what do we all think about the character of Zuzu Petals? Because Ugh. I feel like it it was a negative depiction of. A, a, a woman. It's, um, a, it's, a, it's a dice yeah. clay movie, man. <laughs> um, yeah, she's get okay. your PC police out of here. Oh, well, I, it, she was kind of annoying, but she gets better. She she ends up helping save she the day. She ends up doing a lot in the movie, but he's constantly like calling her stupid. Yeah, and he's moron. like, hey, stop talking. Oh. We skipped over a whole scene where Dice Clay goes to like a like a fancy oh dinner. Oh my god, I forgot. And he like slaps uh, Jazz's breast. <laughs> he's like, I said, dress up, not dress up. And I have to say, in this scene, Ford Fairlane does the most egregious, most disgusting thing oh, I've ever deserve. seen in a movie, let alone uh, this yeah. movie, and he should go to prison. <laughs> oh, what he eats an hors d'oeuvre, doesn't like it, starts talking to Wayne Newton, and then grabs Lauren Holly and kisses her against her will, jamming the hors d'oeuvre into her mouth. I mean, have you ever oh. heard of anything so disgusting? That's gross. Like, that is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and I'm really, not exaggerating. It's, it's really like the, the worst thing. <laughs> yeah, April refused to watch it. Colin just explained it to her. Well, I didn't even understand why he was doing it at first. Well, you weren't paying attention. But, like, it, the scene kind of starts <laughs> on this gross, like, kind of close-up of him shoving this thing into his mouth, like, wow. There's like flies on all the other hors d'oeuvres as well. It looks like oh, a big like man. scallop or something with like an yeah. olive st stuck into it. But we're in the past. We got to jump to the future. Oh, <laughs> there's a lot of scenes in this movie. Andrew Dice Clay goes to a sorority house. This doesn't matter. It's just a chance to see women doing uh, eating aerobics, pogos. Eating pogos. And... There are. There, this is like. Wait, wait, wait. Pogo is a brand name. Is this just a Canadian thing? Because they're corn dogs. I think they're right? corned. I think it's Canadian. They're pogos. Yeah, and, pogos. And yeah. They're like they're corn dogs. Licking corn dogs. There are like a hundred girls in this. Pillow fighting, yeah. changing um, light bulbs. I think. Yeah, with light bulbs, like, wearing wearing like hanging thing. out. It, it's it's. I kind of thought it was funny. Again, that uh, was uh, kind of an Andy Sedaris movie. All set to uh, Billy Idol's "Rock the Cradle of Love" song. <laughs> Rock the cradle of love. Yeah. Sing it for us, Colin. <laughs> Rock the cradle of love. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Rock the I know that. That's, that's Dice Clay's comment. Yeah, he's in the, he's in the <laughs> back going, oh. Yep. Sing it, Billy. Uh, yeah, this doesn't really matter because some goons show up. Yeah, they these, threaten Ford Fairlane. These two goons, I love the way they're dressed. It's like the typical kind of 80s, 90s. You know, like the, big dusters. you know, the, yeah, they're wearing big leather dusters and they have like gross, like greasy long hair. And it's just like they, they look very like, 80s. Yeah. 80s henchmen. Uh, yeah. So they show up. They kind of like whatever. I think they kind yeah, of nothing really matters. There's like a previous like, scene where they uh, they mess up 
Ford Fairlane's office and they throw Jazz out of a window. But she's okay, yeah. folks. She's she's okay. Because we were on the second floor. Oh, yeah. oh. hey, hello. <laughs> I um, like how that our O's are getting like we need less to, and less yeah, energetic. Okay, we need to wrap this up. Uh, wrap it up. Oh, did you, Justin, did you say what your favorite thing about this movie was? Uh, no, because it's in the next scene where Fort Fairlane, they go up to the big tower. Wayne Newton reveals himself <laughs> to be the bad guy. He shoots Priscilla Presley. Mm-hmm. They threaten Fort Fairlane's guitar, which was owned by Jimi Hendrix. He's like, no! Oh, my yeah, It's like a big deal. <laughs> they toss him out the window, and then it's my favorite part where it cuts to, like, a shot of, like, them just static, but the camera spinning around them as if they were falling. <laughs> yeah. And Andrew Dice Clay goes, oh, my hair! Oh! <laughs> Doing seemingly, like, a John Travolta impression, yes. right? Yes. Well, so... So what Andrew Clay was very good at doing was impressions. Yeah. That's actually how he ended his act was, I think it was Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Sylvester Stallone yeah. as like Boy Scouts. Yeah. And he's like a perfect mimic. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he would uh, he would do the Travolta. So that was him doing it. I think in one of the movies, I think it was Dice Rules, um, where he sold out Madison Square Gardens. I think he did some like Elvis songs as well. Like he had a whole band mm. and everything. <laughs> like Seth MacFarlane. Oh, God. that story? Singing the standards. Seth MacFarlane had a, like, I think it was his birthday, and he threw a bash for all his employees, and it was being forced to watch him oh. perform on stage for, like, two oh, hours. I'm not surprised. You know he has, like, 30 albums out, too, right, of him singing jazz standards? I, that is I, insane. That is a living nightmare. He's a bit of an ego on that guy. You could say he's yeah. in love with himself. Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, we've all seen a million ways to die in the West. Uh, nope. I can't say that. <laughs> nope. I can't no, say that. Coming you. soon to note that she is a bad no, movie. No. Oh, no. No. Maybe that would be. I saw a that theatrically. Oh, don't make me like anything in that movie. Um. So they fall down, and it's kind of like a comic thing where they have to like escape like outside yeah. and fall down. Uh, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is too fat, like Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, he, he like gets makes a stuck hole, into the it. ceiling. Yeah, I mean it's well executed enough. There is one funny shot. It's a very wide shot of the Capitol Records building with the the kind of stuntmen climbing down the side of it, and then you can see in one of the offices, it's like a silhouette of somebody doing like the Keith or is it Pete Townsend like arm swing. Like mm-hmm. doing, oh, really? doing air guitar. It's very strange. And I never noticed it until I saw this like HD version. That 4K huh. is really great. So after that, they escape. But I think they just go right to the concert, right? Yeah, they confront Wayne Newton because they figured out his plan. And then they confront him on stage because he's uh, it's the sort of effeminate guy that he was, I don't know, producing in the. the... Yeah, he's going to. Uh, um, did we mention that? We did, right? That Wayne Newton is having all of his artists killed because of revenge, but also he's like making <laughs> we money. We did not mention that. We didn't? Okay. But he's like making money off them posthumously because he's like, oh, his album is doing great since he died. Right. Yeah, but it's like, he's only killing I mean, the people that knew about his piracy plan, which happened to be Priscilla oh, yeah, Presley so. and Vince Neil. And um, Morris and, Day. And Gilbert Gottfried. Well, oh, yeah. there's a lot of people knew about <laughs> Yeah, it's not much of a play. He's trying to get yeah, he, but he wants too. to kill Morris Day because isn't Morris Day a performer and then he'll get his money? Well, he's a producer. Oh, and he tried right. to he tried to blackmail. He also tried to blackmail. Wayne I don't know. It's, it's, it's a very it's, it's a great line really where Wayne Newton's about to kill Morris Day, and Morris Day goes, "With friends like you, uh, I don't need enemas." Ah, <laughs> uh, great joke. Which yeah. reminded me of Batman. Yeah. I didn't like the Joker say that in. Maybe Jack uh, Daniel Waters also wrote Batman Returns. So. Did he really? So he's just reusing yep, his own joke. Um, and then there's a great moment at the end where Wayne Newton reveals this horrible secret to everybody on a hot, a hot mic, which I am ter- learning. That's oh. what it's called in the in the 
trope the hot mic reveals yeah hot mic i really liked when uh andrew dice clay goes look we found your cds and wayne noon's like did you and then he grabs what he eats and starts chewing them and his mouth gets all bloody and everything yeah. I don't know what CDs are made of, but have you ever tried breaking one with your hands? Yeah. They're hard no, to break. I've, I've broken one before. Not only are they hard to break, but when you do break them, it's like the reverberations through your hand is really painful well, for some also, reason. Also, like they tend to shatter and like that, yeah. that that plastic or whatever is very sharp. So I wonder if that blood out of his mouth was actually real. No. He needs his mouth. He's a well, Yeah, Wayne Newton's like method. <laughs> yeah. Like, give me the hardest CD you have. As many of you know, Mr. Newton's strongest feature and this is newton speaking because i speak in the third person <laughs> um, are his teeth his teeth are the strongest his, part his fake teeth maybe body. he like messed yeah. up his face and that's why he had to get like plastic surgery years later yeah but he, so, like took a bullet to the teeth or something like that well, lauren holly has a big uh fight scene in the alleyway she uh apparently she knows karate well it's set up earlier in the movie that she's taking karate lessons well that's good of ford fairlane to pay for her karate lessons oh he definitely did not pay for those lessons well, he says earlier that he actually can't afford to pay for them because he's getting paid in bicycle shorts and koalas I... and he's like uh, karate <laughs> lessons cost money Jays. Uh, and then she beats up one of the assassins that threw her out of the... Uh, and then Sam the sleazebag, David Patrick Kelly, comes to the rescue at the end of this movie. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, Lord Holly can't save herself. He's, she needs Sam the sleazebag to reformed. do the Yeah, and then, like, the fucking p- pussycat dolls are, like, love Sam the sleazebag now, even though he was a horrible stalker, and then he was, like, calling them bitches and stuff. It was not a good look. He's reformed. He says, I was like you, preying on women, blah, blah, blah. So he's learned his lessons, I guess. I don't know. Whatever, sure. But uh, Wayne Newton d- d- dies a horrible... Oh, yeah, with the Sambuca milkshake. Chekhov's Sambuca milkshake comes into play. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. So it gets thrown on him, and Dice Man throws his cigarette, and he just goes up. Yeah, and there's a stunt like... man on fire, which is, I appreciated that. <laughs> and Fort Fairlane's like, he's rubbing his hands together, like getting warmth off of it. Like, oh. And then he yeah. lights another cigarette off of him, I think. And then we get uh, yeah. we get uh, Ed O'Neill shows up. <laughs> Fort Fairlane's just like licking the dead body of Wayne <laughs> Newton. Tastes like fig. But then Ed O'Neill shows up again, and he's in uh, like John Travolta's Saturday Night Live suit. And he's like, God, why did I have to get called in? It was disco night at the other place at some other bar. Again, this like, oh, he likes disco, so he's not cool. Like. Come on, yeah. guys, lay off. But yeah, April, April. Disco's great, right? I love disco. He ends up singing his booty time song, and then Morris Day overhears him, and he's like, hey, were you the lead singer of Disco Express? And he's like, yeah, I got a lot of songs. And he's like, whoa, I'm, I'm all ears. Well, Morris Day in the time was disco, right? Or was it more soul? No, no, they were like kind of Prince uh, protégés, weren't they? Or Yeah, they were. More R&B. Weren't they like his backing band or something? Uh, I don't know. know. I'm not an expert. Morris Day and the Times was the band that he was part of. Morris Day was in Purple Rain. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. He was he was Prince's nemesis in Purple Rain. Well, so this is not his first acting role then. Oh man, it's Morris Day. So the movie ends. Everybody loves Ford Fairlane, <laughs> like they did throughout the rest yeah, of the film. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh yeah, I was supposed to solve the the mystery of what happened to this little kid's father," which is completely shoved on the sidelines the entire yeah. movie. Well, it turns out that uh, Freddy Krueger there. He does the first. Oh, uh, he doesn't know. I, for I really sure. like this moment where like Freddy Krueger shows up right at the end. He's like, "I'm still alive." <laughs> yeah. He's like, "Let's fight!" And like Dice Clay gives like his Oscar speech where he's like, "Come on, come and get me!" <laughs> yeah, and then he just shoots him. 
Yeah, just shoots him. Shoots him. Yeah, he does the old, uh, let's go mono a mono. And then he's like, shoots him. Oh, I can't believe you're an idiot. I can't believe that worked. And then it goes on for like five minutes. Yeah. Him like talking about it. It's and then the kid, the kid meets on the beach. It turns out that uh, uh, Robert England had strangled the kid's dad and stole like a ring. That's how he identifies it. So he tells the kid, oh, your dad's dead. Which is really kind of sweet scene because he's like, you know, I'm going to adopt you or whatever. The thing is, he doesn't even say like your dad's dead. He's like, he I, does. Fa- I found him. But um, no, he says he's no, he dead. does say his dad. Because he goes, I'm your dad. I'm your dad. And the kid's like, stop joking. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sorry, kid. Your dad's dead. <laughs> I killed him. But, uh, but he, he couches t- it in, I'm going to be your dad now. He says, like, he what told me to. sweetheart. T- t- and then, you know, Jazz shows up on the beach and he's she like. forgives him. He's like, course. oh, I'm sick of all those women. I just want you. And then there's a, there's a running gag throughout the movie that uh, I think it was Gilbert Gottfried's radio, K-Dirt. Mm-hmm. It was like running this. I don't know, promotional contest. Oh, yeah, like, a contest. billion dollar contest, which no radio program. No, it's a million. Do. So if you if you answer the phone with hit pay dirt with K dirt, you win this like million dollar. I feel like getaway. it was a billion. I don't think it was a billion. <laughs> a billion dollars, Colin. I don't know. A billion. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay wins, and the film ends with him and his new family, Lauren Holly, the kid, and who's that? The koala, the koala. puppet. But I love it. The koala's in this neck brace, <laughs> and it's it's sitting on I didn't this. Didn't even rec- catch that. It's just like sitting on this like reclining seat, wearing like a Hawaiian shirt, drinking like a mai tai or something, and he's like, "What? You didn't think we'd kill the fucking koala?" And he did you? looks. To the camera, right? So this is the ultimate, like breaking the fourth. And then the koala well, goes. He breaks the fourth wall earlier. Remember when he's sitting in a car and he's narrating, and he's like, "Yeah, he turns uh, you're probably wondering how I got here." And <laughs> bah, yeah, bah, bah, is, you know, it, so it's odd because it's like it only happens like a couple times in the movie, but you know, like whatever at this point, whatever. whatever. One thing I will say about this movie as a detriment, I want it to be ninety minutes. It's a, it's an hour forty five. Oh, is it? And. Uh, that this is probably a script thing because the 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 plot is just a little too complicated as we described. A few more elements and a few more characters needed to be removed, and then it could have been a tight ninety. If, yeah, forty five. It's a little, just a little too. Yeah, it's a little too much. I think if you cut out all the O's, like <laughs> oh, you could probably get it down yeah, to like. Yeah, but then 90. you lose the emotional core. Of this <laughs> if you film cut out any time anyone said rock and roll detective, and maybe if they just said <laughs> RRD, then it would be twenty minutes shorter. Wait, uh, Colin, where do you stand on? Um, uh, the Clayster's follow-up to this, Albert Pune's Brain Smasher, A Love Story. Was that after this? Yes, I believe it was maybe only a year after oh this. My God. It was not long. I've never seen it. I've only heard about it. What was that one like with Anna Nicole Smith? Like Tower Heist or something like that? Yes. Mm. Oh, no. What is it called? It's really good. It's Die Hard. <laughs> But it's no, I don't think it's and no, no, Nicole Smith. Oh, I think it's like shit. It's Shannon Elizabeth. No, it's uh, Gene Simmons' wife. Shannon right. Tweed. Uh, Tweed. Shannon Dorsey. Shannon Dor- Tweed. 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 There you go. I'm going to say every Shannon I know before we finally <laughs> yeah, get exactly. to her. No, no, Brain Smasher Love Stories. Andrew Dice Clay and Terry Hatcher. Oh my God. Are chased through. I don't know which city it is. Portland? No. San Francisco by ninjas. What? Uh, <laughs> AKA not ninjas. Shaolin monks, as they keep saying. Oh my God. I've never. And it takes place over one night. Very charming Andrew uh, Clay performance. I did not that know that was good. the plot of that movie. Oh, oh, the Shannon Tween one is called No Contest. No Contest, okay. It all, it, he is not credited as Andrew Dice Clay. He's credited as only Andrew Clay. It also has Roddy Roddy Piper as one of the villains. Oh, my God. I didn't realize that Andrew Dice Clay um, did so many movies. I mean, not like a huge filmography, but yeah. you know, more than just this. I think yeah. even back before like his stand-up 
uh, got really huge. I think you'd see him pop up from time to time as like a bouncer. Well, or something. he was in Wacko, the uh, parody film directed by Graydon Clark. Oh, he was in Amazon Women of the Moon on oh. the Moon. He's in the last segment. He's like the video date segment. Oh, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right, Colin? Yeah, I got to rewatch that movie. I don't know anything about that movie. And he, supposedly he was good in Casual Sex from 1988, which I have not huh. seen. Yeah, that's really weird. But it's just, as soon as Blue Jasmine came out, like I hadn't seen it, but uh, well, I think everybody he, was talking about he, him. He, I know, he hadn't been in anything for, for a while a at time, that point. Yeah. It was kind of like the return. <laughs> but he's continuing to do uh, like stand-up, I think in Vegas. So he's... he's no, he has? Yeah, yeah. He had his own uh, TV show for a while. Uh, that was like a Marin slash Larry David sla- style really? show oh, weird. called, uh, was it just Dice? Yeah, it was just Dice. Oh, God. Lasted two seasons. Dice. Oh, wow. Well, there you go. Now, was that a, a yep. HBO? Uh, Dice should have aired on Vice. <laughs> no. Uh, well, he also got a like second win from Entourage. Oh, he played no. himself. Oh, of course. Why am I not surprised? Did. Okay. Um, well, we got a... <laughs> Whoa, Mark Simpson just that showed was up my, That was supposed there. to be Gilbert Godfrey. That was my Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, it was terrible. Oh. Welcome to Gilbert Godfrey's amazing colossal podcast. I'm I don't gonna have, have a Gilbert heart attack Godfrey. and die from not surprised. No, you're right. I sound like Marge or, or Patty yeah. or Selma. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Boubier, are you okay? <laughs> you sound like one of the Simpsons writers trying to imitate <laughs> Julie Catherine. And then she goes... <laughs> Um, yeah, so I mean, this this movie brought me back. I think it's it's a really funny movie. It it still worked for me. You're gonna bring the pompadour back? You can still grow no, it. I, he just I, got a haircut. Or he just I've, cut his own hair. There's like multiple times during this lockdown slash quarantine that's been going on for a year where I was like growing my hair really long and seeing like how you know, I could oh, do the pompadour. I'm, push, I'm pushing for you to just you let are, it grow long. But I just it gets so unwieldy and I just can't do anything with it, and so I just cut it off. Yeah. So. Oh. Yeah. Well. Maybe grow it for October. Go as the Dice Man <laughs> of Fared Fairlane for Halloween. Uh, I don't even know if we'll be uh, able to go to no, Halloween no, no. parties. We'll just take photos in, yeah. on Instagram <laughs> in and October. Be like, yeah, it'll be a virtual uh, Halloween. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, as we've been saying, like, this was a fun watch. Like, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, it yeah. It, it, obviously, it has some horrible dated things. It has some humor that doesn't work, but there's... It it kind of like it it's charming. Yeah, I if, would say it's charming yeah, in he, its own way. He's kind of a charming asshole in this movie. In the same way, like you know, Danny DeVito is kind of a charming asshole in in his his roles that he plays. <laughs> Wait, like Ford Fairlane type roles? No. starring you know Danny how, like Danny DeVito is always like a sleazy asshole in most of the things he plays, but you kind of like him anyway, regardless mm. and that type of thing. Danny DeVito, big progressive. There you go. You mean like it's always yeah. sunny. That's a good example. Or like everything. Oh, yeah. Rancing the stone head office. Uh, what is it? Um, terrible people. It's not, that's not what it's called. That the Zucker. You know, films I haven't that seen nobody talks like about. any of the older Danny DeVito stuff. Like, uh, like taxi. I haven't seen him any in anything since like Batman return before Batman returns. I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oh yeah. He's in war of the roses and he directed it. Too. Yeah, that's right. And Hoffa. I know him from Matilda the most. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he directed Matilda as yeah. well. It's funny what you were just saying about how like sleazy slash lovable is that in that movie, he, plays the narrator with this like super sweet kind voice that you're like oh but then he's also like the mean dad so oh, he's 
like it's a, that duality is in that role. Anyway, we're not talking about Danny DeVito. Yeah, we're talking about the Dice Man. Oh, um, <laughs> oh. No, yeah, as we said, unfortunately, this movie is not very available right it's, now. It's shocking to me. I'm sure it wait, will wait, get wait. a release. I have another Danny DeVito joke. Did you know that Danny DeVito plays a character of the sleazy guy, and it just kind of became who he is, <laughs> like Andrew Dice Clay? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Danny Danny, Danny Dice DeVito. <laughs> he used to be tall, and he kind of broke himself down through <laughs> surgery. All right, yeah. So the movie's not available. Uh, yeah, it, it is if you look for it. But you um, know, Justin was lucky enough to get a Blu-ray, but it is out of print. It's like ninety-nine dollars on Amazon. I guess because it's such a hot button item. Well, you never know. It might be on like the U.S. Amazon Prime because they have stuff that we don't have. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this feels like something that should be on Tubi. <laughs> not yeah. even on Tubi, which is crazy. I was gonna say I, there must be VHS copies floating around out there for you. There's DVDs too, like there's Blu-rays. I and thought DVDs. you said it didn't so. get a DVD release. No, it did get a DVD release. Oh, okay. I thought you said it didn't. Yeah, but oh, did I? Then I was wrong. <laughs> okay. I people have stayed in suspense until hey, now. Well, I've got a no. I said because you could pick up the DVD like when they would have those deals like two for seven. <laughs> Please just take these movies from us. Fort Fairlane was always in that set. I've got a, a Betamax copy somewhere that uh, <laughs> somebody off. can buy for me. <laughs> Another VHS. I believe people have VCRs. I don't know about Betamax. <laughs> hey, come on! It was the better of the formats. Oh, oh. It was? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's it for Ford Verlaine. Okay, and if you want to email the podcast, we're at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at no such thing pod, and you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. Um, we've got lots of bonus content on there, a full episode on Spawn, um, a, Q- <laughs> a Q&A special that we just did um, where we answer your questions, um, mini episode every two weeks if you're on the $5 level. We uh, uh, The one that's coming out next week is going to be on... On the Godzilla versus the King Kong, Donkey Kong. Godzilla v. Kong, Don <laughs> versus <Justice>. the King <laughs> Kong. <laughs> yeah. Boy, I can't can't keep that straight. Um, and if you want to tweet at me, uh, I'm at April Mansky, also on Instagram, Letterboxd, uh, all those fun places. You can follow me on Twitter. It's DeClue, J-D-E-C-L-O-U-X, and the letter J. I'm also on Letterboxd. I'm on Instagram as well. Don't post there very often. You can listen to me on stuff like the Important Cinema Club or the Bay Street Video Podcast. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. Oh. And that's it for this week. Any any parting uh, Andrew Dice Clay impressions? Apparently, he said "Hickory Dickory Dock" a lot, which is insane. Well, because he would do uh, filthy uh, nursery yeah. rhymes, which we cannot say on this. So Little boy blue, he needed the money. Oh, what do you think rhymes was Doc? I'll give you one guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, I'm April yep. Mansky. Oh, I'm Justin DeClue. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm Colin Dice Cunningham. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and uh, remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. Oh! Terrible. Oh. <laughs> 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 so obnoxious. <laughs>